Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers by Conscious Discipline. I'm Latoria Marcellus. I'm a mom and an educator practicing conscious discipline. And I'm Amy Spidell, and I've been a conscious discipline instructor for over 20 years and also have children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren at this point. And together, we're here to discuss trends and events in education and how conscious discipline impacts every aspect of what we do. For those of you new to Conscious Discipline, Conscious Discipline is an adult-first, transformational, trauma-responsive approach that integrates self-regulation, wellness, equitable school culture, theory and application, research, and brain-based discipline practices. So if we break it down, I think one of the most amazing things about the way that this framework has been uh, formulated is once we know what the research says, then we as adults can apply it, which is the adult first part. Then we can build the community for, from which our children can practice it, which is the equitable school culture, and finally give them the skills that allow them to be uh, human beings who can solve problems in social settings, which hmm, doesn't sound like a a bad idea at all, does it? That would be a great thing for us to have as a society. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the word community, and that just makes me think about how conscious discipline is actually practiced in communities all over the world. We're in 73 countries and in 22 languages. Conscious discipline is really everywhere. It truly is. And I've had an opportunity to go to a few different countries and see it firsthand And it is really interesting how we sometimes think of ourselves as so different around the world, and yet there's such a commonality about especially that sense of how we manage upset moments and how we nurture the children uh, that we definitely see as our precious beings in the world. So it is great to see how maybe we say it a little differently, maybe we respond to children a little bit differently, but we all... At, at the core of who we are, we want a world that is safe for our kids. And that, I believe, is what can pull us all together as a common language. Exactly, Amy. And today we want to bring you in on a conversation that Dr. Becky Bailey recorded while in the field with a special guest about one of the many places and ways in which conscious discipline is having an impact in the world. So today's guest is Laura Ngulo a psychologist and educator who works primarily in Latin America. She's going to walk through how she used baby doll circle time with orphaned children in the city of Cali and Colombia to help rewire their brains to heal and prepare them for a brighter future. Welcome to our podcast. Join me in a conversation with Laura Angula. <laughs> there you go, Laura Angula. She'll say it even better. So welcome, Laura. Thank you, Becky. It's a pleasure to be here. So I want you to tell me about, first of all, tell everybody where, uh, what you do and where you're from, and then we'll go up from there. Well, I am from Bogota, Colombia, and I am a psychologist right now there, but I have been in war- wearing many different hats. I'm also a conscious discipline certified instructor. Before that, I was a teacher in an early childcare setting. Um, I have a master's degree in education. Um, so long time ago, I met you and yes. conscious discipline. Yes. It was very, it was like, I don't know, maybe a, a couple months ago, you said to me, 
I've known you for 20 years. And that kind of stuck on me like, oh my gosh, I was so little when I first yes. heard you. And I had so many dreams. <laughs> so now, so t- tell me about what you're doing in Bogota right now. Okay, so in Bogota right now, and basically not just Bogota, in Colombia, we are trying to change a lot of the ways that children are being raised. So we work a lot with families, teaching conscious discipline. We work uh, with school systems and and different organizations, nonprofit organizations that um, try to reach um, just the community in general. Uh, But one of my closest to heart projects right now um, is um, a project that we're doing in Cali, Colombia, where we are working in implementing conscious discipline and specifically baby doll circle time as a tool for helping some of these children who are in this facility. So this is a foundation that works with children who are under the care of, or they're in protective custody because for some reason, trauma, basically, um, they have been either taken from their parents, abandoned from their parents. So they are waiting either to be adopted or uh, they are waiting to be integrated into their homes. So that's one of my closest to heart projects right now. And so this is an actual home or a facility and the children are living there. Yes. And... uh, so give me a little bit. So how many children, how mm-hmm. many okay. staff or, uh, you know, so describe it to us. First of all, kind of uh, for those in the United States, mm-hmm. kind of describe the community. Is it in the mountains or? Well, no, this is in Cali, Colombia. So it's not in the mountains. Mm-hmm. It's in the city of Cali, which is one like the third city in Colombia. Okay. Uh, this is a facility that has been um, running since 1979 Um, but right now they serve 100 children from ages zero to eight and they have a staff or more or less 30 so they have shifts because they sleep with the children and of course it depends on like how many children they have depends on basically what's going on how many of them have been adopted how many but just at any point um the Department of Children and Families can just call and say, hey, I need a spot for this baby that we just picked up on the streets. So we okay. have children again that have been going through tremendous trauma and they come to this facility where they some of them go to school. So zero to eight. Some of their, them are there mm-hmm. all day. Um, but basically we have these caretakers that are with them all day trying to do something in, ter- in terms of healing, social, yes. emotionally. So when they called me and um, we started thinking about, okay, what can we implement that's going to really impact? Um, the first thing we thought about was baby doll circle yeah. time. So tell me then what you did. Now, do they have the baby dolls? So yes. So okay. this was amazing because we did a fundraiser and we ended up um, coming up with the money to get the books and the baby dolls. So the books are in Spanish too, So which was amazing. Um, so they ended up buying 20 dolls, the original, com- the, the ones that we use in Conscious Discipline. Oh, those. Those, those, are, those are nice dolls. Those are yes. beautiful dolls, particularly because they're multi-ethnic dolls. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we had the, the dolls. Um, we bought the dolls because of a fundraiser that we did. 
we uh, bought three implementation guides and, um, and they flew me to Cali, Colombia so that I can, um, I could teach the teachers and train the teachers. I did this with um, somebody who's also studying conscious discipline right now that had a link with them. Her name is Manuela. And um, so we went together and we started the implementation. And how we started it was we first uh, did a big thing with both the staff, the administrators, and the volunteers. They also have uh, mm -hmm. a very big community of volunteers that come in and help once in a while, come in and out, yeah. but they have a strong force there. So we did half the staff one day while the, the other half of the staff was with the children and then half the staff the next day. And we put it into two sections. So the first part had to do with, um, well, teaching them about attachment, right. attunement, yes. and um, the brain, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, and also a very important piece was them. You know, how are you taking care of yourself? Where are you in terms of safety? and connection. So we did a beautiful activity where they connected with their own self as a baby and they talked to themselves as a baby after we did a whole piece on their own attachment system and, um, and, and their own experiences as children. So, so give was, me, so stop right here now. Okay. So you were watching all this, you were mm -hmm. experiencing, you were yes. leading all this. Mm -hmm. So give me an example. Do you have an example of a person talking to their, to their baby, the, mm -hmm. uh, their little inner child? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, translate it for us. Okay. So in English, kind of what did you... Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ones you saw that was poignant to you. Okay, so poignant to me was, so many of them... Um, after we talked about attachment, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of stories come up in their heads as, mm -hmm. you know, where was I? How, how did the adults in my life respond to when I needed help? Yes. Right? Um, and so when they were looking at their baby and talking to their baby, so they would do something like, I'm going to use my own name. Yes. Um, so, Laura, ahí estás. Which means, there you are. Mm -hmm. And I see your face. Your face is telling me you seem scared. You really wanted someone to be there for you. You've got this. Oh, wow. You can handle this. Mm -hmm. So once they do that with them, then mm -hmm. they're able to offer this to these children who needed so much because their brain is already wired mm -hmm. uh, for protection instead of connection. Yes. Now, in that moment, that was mm -hmm. a very touching moment. Just me watching you. Mm -hmm. uh, did uh, did that evoke a lot of emotion out of everyone? I can imagine that it was a lot of emotion, a lot. And so we did an activity where they uh, wrote themselves a letter. Mm -hmm. So we asked for them to bring a picture of them when they were little. A lot of them didn't have any pictures of them when they were little. So if they didn't have the picture, we had them just draw the picture. And then we, of course, we didn't read the letters because they were for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but after they wrote the letter, we had a commitment. Um, so the commitment was I commit to offering to myself that which, what, which I needed so much mm -hmm. when I was little. 
that empathy. Yes. Um, so that I can offer this to the children in my care. Beautiful. Beautiful. So then that was kind of phase one. <laughs> that was phase one. And also with phase one, we, we talked a lot about how, so in Baby Doll Circle time, of course, I'm telling this to the creator of it, but, <laughs> but just for those of you who don't know, um, one of the things we do is have children recreate those connection moments, right? Those moments where they're going to um, have that in oxytocin going on yes. in their body so that yes. we create this biochemistry right but a lot of these kids don't have it right because they're coming in with their arousal state either over aroused because of so much trauma or under aroused Correct. because of yes. so much trauma yeah. so what um what we did was we we also spend a lot of time teaching i love you rituals to these um, yes. teachers um, so that they could <laughs> work with this. So, so the idea was for the children from zero to three or two, actually, we did it this way. We did it from zero to two. Most of the time they were just, we, we set up an I love you ritual plan for them where they would have, so in at least three times a day, they have to yes. do this at least. And so, so they would have the list of children and they would check off whether I did it or not. And then you could see um, who who's missing these I love you right. rituals today. Now on, mm -hmm. in that, of course, mm -hmm. are, now are you using the I love you rituals in Spanish? Of course. we yes. are. So we're doing two things. One of them is there's a translation of the book, which was mm -hmm. adapted. So they're not the exact right. I love you rituals that we have in English. There are some that are adaptive, adapted from Latin American cultures, different ones. I actually did that job. Yes, you did. <laughs> Uh, and then, but we also um, talked about what are the things that you already do. So Correct. A lot of things that they were already familiar so with. So I just want people listening to know that Laura here was the one who collected many uh, uh, Spanish uh, versions of I love you rituals, because every culture does them, mm -hmm. uh, flipped them to make them a little more positive, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just as we did with the very British, so to mm -hmm. speak. Uh, I love you rituals. Exactly. And so in case you didn't know that, that is out there and there's many. And of mm -hmm. course, every culture has their own versions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so we spend a lot of time doing that and doing mm -hmm. a lot of rituals with the teachers. So also greeting rituals, good night mm -hmm. rituals, and also a lot of the attunement mm -hmm. piece um, and a lot of activities um, teaching them also like um, the sensitivity to what happens with a child when you just pick them up without saying, I'm going to pick you up or yes. um, just ripping their diaper open without, and you know, even more attuned. Uh, I mean, we should be doing this with every child on earth, but when these children have had such traumatic experiences, touch might be a huge trigger yes. for them. So yes. a lot of attunement um, mm -hmm. activities and games with them. And then, th so that was phase one. Uh -huh. Then we um, went out and we modeled, right? So we, we did we, we did it with them first. So doing modeling baby doll circle time with them. Um, so we had them in groups and we were the leaders of the group. And then we took it into the classroom and we did two things. So with the baby babies, um, we- the, the live baby babies. The live baby, baby babies. babies. Yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. The, with the live baby babies from the zero to two, 
uh, we came into the classrooms and modeled some of these I love you rituals, modeled attunement. So we, we were with them during a time where they were at playtime and modeling the I'm going to pick you up, modeling the joint attention, modeling mm -hmm. a lot of things that were that we that we had done in the previous section, just right. uh, kind of now, theoretically. Now, how did the children respond to this? Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so a lot of them uh, were avoidant, like they didn't yes. because they come from so much trauma. And a lot of them were very clingy. Yes. So I had a little girl come up to me and say, this was one of the older girls. She was maybe four or five. She said, um... I love you. Yeah. And then she said, I'm going to be so sad when you leave. And she was holding on to me so tight. Yeah. How do we um, rebuild these attachment structures in their brains? Yes. Um, is hopefully through yes. some of these uh, positive attachments or new attachment yes. pattern for them. Um, so, um, we did that with them and then we started, we, we did, a, we conducted one with the older kids. Um, and we had them in three different sections by age or yeah, it was more by age than by development. Um, and then it was very interesting what happened. So then you had the older children, you gave them the baby doll. Yes. So now we're so, into a, a, a live child with a baby doll. Live child with the baby doll. Okay. So what, the way we did this is... They set up a room just for baby doll circle time. So in that room, we have the basket with these specific dolls just for baby doll circle time. They also had a visual routine for baby doll circle time. So they knew what was going on yes. to happen. And we modeled um, what would happen with the transition from the moment they were in mm. whatever activity they were in before, uh, how we get to this room, um, we also had set up um, the circle right. in the middle. And even though, I mean, this was very important for us to let the teachers know or the, the facilitators know um, that it's not important for them to be sitting. This is not about sitting or following a specific script. It's about connecting with, this ch with, with these children, right? So, um, so first you kind of, kind of have to pour in some of this connection so right. that you can relive it with that child. So one of the things that we did was, um, the first thing was something that we knew, um, that they already did. So like a peekaboo game. Yes. Right. Something that's very common that we all do. With yes. Kids, right. Um, so, and we did the five steps. So get your baby, get your baby and the pointing and the joint attention. So. And most of them would move to get the baby. So some of them would take a, like a little bit longer than others. Some of them would follow, you know, really closely to in the trying to look at us like, am I doing it right? Yes. Is this correct? Is yeah. this right? And then some of them um, really acted out some of the things that they had lived themselves with the babies, which was really interesting. So I'm going to take an example. Okay, good. Yes, I would want to. I'm going to talk about a child that was very interesting to me. Uh, first time we were sitting there in the circle. Uh, so he takes the baby and he says, I'm going to name this child Joaquin. So okay. Joaquin takes the baby and he says, I hate you. I hate you. And he starts shaking the baby. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So and we had. We model this for them. So, ouch, 
ouch. You're safe. And not even with the with the with me doing it with the child, but just kind of coming close to the child and say, mm. and breathing next to him. Because this is what happened next. So after we finished this, so some of the kids would look at them and then imitate what they were doing. And so we joined them, right? Oh, my baby's going like this, it's shaking. Ouch, it hurts. So he wouldn't join in that. He would still be wanting to rip that child's head off. Right. right. But then what was really interesting was when he came out, and he had never talked about this before, but when he came out of playroom, he said to his teacher, when I was a baby, and this is a four-year-old, mm. when I was a baby, my daddy hit me with a stick. Mm. So, and then, but what's even more interesting so this became a routine for them. Every day they're going to right. Yes. Every day at the same time. It's, yes. It's it's a routine for them. Yes. Right. Um, and then the second or third time he came in, because we followed him and we followed a lot. This is just one example. Yes. Of many children who would show this. And then the second or third time um, he took the baby and he kissed the baby. Oh. And he he was gentle with the baby. And he said, I love you, baby. I love you. So then there was a new pathway that was created. And so, so let me see if I got this. Mm -hmm. So three sessions. Three sessions. Of, of baby doll circle time. And he went from hating, hitting, and shaking to kissing and saying, I love you. Exactly. And this is not the one example. I mean, this is one example. This is not the only child. Right. And so you saw that happening. With I saw them. that happening with many other children. And one of the things that we did, because we want to follow these children. And so it's not like we went, we implemented it. We, we yeah, taught no, them. Yeah. So we're following them. We have monthly meetings with these teachers. They have biweekly, like every two weeks, mm -hmm. they have a meeting with their staff. And so they there's some certain protocols also that we follow or they follow. Uh, with the Department of Children and Family, where you, whenever you have a suspicion of um, of abuse, be it yes. physical, sexual, whatever type of abuse, um, well, they, you know, they have a protocol that they have to follow. Correct. So a lot of these kids, just because of how how they were handling the babies at the beginning, were flagged, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then, and then. That's also a flag too. Okay, so this is a child that needs a boost in this. So like even more connection, even more meaningful moments, even a new attachment set. Yes. So that they can rewire in in a new way, in a healthy way. Now, so once that kind of started that shift, that 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 movement, which is really quite miraculous. Mm -hmm. Did they see similar changes in their behavior? I mean, did did they get a little more regulated? Mm -hmm. Did did you so, get that feedback? So right now, it's it's still. I mean, and we we're actually following this. We Correct. did a pre-assessment using yeah. the DECA, and then we're gonna do an assessment after six months to see what's going on. So we're still there, right? But what has been reported by the teachers is yes, there has been a big shift. Um, in terms of some of the violent behaviors, some of the wording that they use, some just the way they treat each other. Um, and then others, 
in reality, what happens is some of them are very much triggered by this. So sometimes they come out like loving the child and then feeling sort of the emptiness of, but then they will come around throughout the day and sing the songs mm. by themselves, just out in the playground. They'll sing or humming. And so, so I just believe that after it's going to be exciting. So hopefully we can follow up with you we will. and do another podcast and let everybody know how, how it's going. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I can see how this would be a model mm -hmm. uh, that in, to some degree, mm -hmm. I mean, just for simple sake, mm -hmm. in every orphanage exactly. uh, worldwide. So, well, right now <laughs> we're thinking about, and that's why we're doing the study, um, is because we want to have the numbers. I mean, so we want to show what does this do um, to hopefully do this in other orphanages in Colombia and then hopefully around the world. I would, I would, and <laughs> I would hope so. And also with your expertise and your passion, your desire uh, that you've had since you were like 20, like 20. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't doubt that it won't be spread rapidly and uh, so i'm sure that those listened were quite inspired and hopefully you have set a pattern and others as they listen can try a similar process in in many 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 places here in the united states also so i, I can't say how exciting that is mm -hmm. and how uh, fortunate that there seems to be a ray of hope in such a dark dark place for many children. So thank you. Well, thank you, Becky. Could not have done it without you. You're well, brilliant. Well, it takes a village, doesn't it? It does. A world village. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. What an amazingly affirmative message that truly is. Sometimes there are uh, those moments when we just feel, how could we ever piece this back together? And just how affirming that is that children can be supported and can work towards their healing. What I found probably the most uh, impactful or interesting about um, hearing what Laura had to say was that it started with the adults. And isn't that what we always talk about, that this mm -hmm. is an adult first? Um, just their experience going through uh, having that recall of how your your child was spoken to, um, your, your you know that internal child that we mm. all have, and yeah. uh, you know, Latoria, I know we've talked uh, at other uh, podcasts about uh, you know just the messaging that we have in our heads and how we pass that on. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, what was really memorable in this whole conversation, it goes back to the little one. Um, it was a little boy who had a doll and he was shaking it, you know, and mm -hmm, not right. being kind to it. And the fact that as the adult, Laura was able to look and see, oh, this behavior isn't something that is permanent. It doesn't mean this is how this child is going to show up today and forevermore. Instead, she saw that behavior and it was communication. It truly was. Right. And she allowed the opportunity to have him go through 
you know, how he felt at the beginning, but he was able to change and work with his own, you know, inner frustrations or inner experiences to come out on another side with um, a changed behavior, new skills that he might not have had before. And what it makes me think about is how this really impacts the future of our children. If they come into our classrooms and we just say, oh, that's how they are. You know, they went through such and such. So, you know, it's no hope for them. Just leave them over there in the corner. Nothing will change. But if instead we say, oh, hmm, I'm a little curious about this. And you keep pushing, you keep working, you keep massaging, you know, to allow those little ones to, to experience something new we can really be change agents. And and this episode showed us that you can be a change agent anywhere in the world, but we can't forget that we can be that type of change agent here at home. We had the opportunity to help all of our little ones. And, you know, when I go out, I hear things and, and sometimes it's things like, you know, this doesn't work with our kids, Yeah, but it can. It's mm-hmm. whether or not the adult can be patient enough to see that it works. And if the adult has allowed it to work on them, you know, inside of them, mm-hmm, right, then exactly. you're able to um, help little ones transform their whole life. It can change the trajectory of, you know, where we think they are going. It could be something completely different. It was a really powerful story. Yeah, I think what you said too about how uh, this little guy shifted just in those three different experiences with the baby doll circle time that th- what you highlighted, I think is so important that we not miss that, that it had to be, it wasn't like hand him a baby doll and hope it gets right, better. Right. It's, you know, it's not playing with a doll. We all know that he would have mistreated that doll for the rest of the experience mm-hmm. if there hadn't been the, the care and the response and the realization from the adults they were feeding a different message that he then internalized and Mm -hmm. and showed them that he was experiencing that different message by the way that he treated the baby. So it's, that's, we, you know, I just find it so fascinating that we are always seeing what we're teaching in how they respond. It's so we're always shocked, like, oh my gosh, they changed. But it's because we changed. We gave them a different message rather than, look, they figured out you shouldn't be mean to baby dolls. It, you know, it's just, oh, that's the, that's the difference in the world, right? I mean, that's, if we really want to help our world heal, that's why we have to be the ones that model it so they can pick up the tools. And, you know, that reminds me, Amy, that Dr. Bailey, she says that we're meaning makers. And in this story, it's it's really an excellent example of how adults have the opportunity to make meaning out of the experiences mm-hmm. that are happening with children. The idea of meaning makers is that you don't have consciousness until you can put a story to what you've experienced. You have to be able to have a story. And that's why we're storytellers in, as human beings. And so once they have a story that makes sense, it helps them understand their, uh, their experience better. And when we, when we acknowledge the, the hurtful story and then we replace it with a more helpful story, they can, they can uh, make that transition 
but they can't make the transition if all we do is deny their original story and say, what's wrong with you that you don't have my story? It's the, which is why when we say things to kids, like what's wrong with you or Mm -hmm. why are you acting that way? Or, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. We're negating their experience. Like if they had taken the baby doll away and said, if you can't treat this baby doll uh, in a kind way, then you're not going to be able to participate in the activity. It would give that child the story of I am the monster mm. instead of I'm showing you that there's been uh, there's been hurtful things happening to me. And, uh, you know, I just talked with a teacher today who uh, was working with different pictures of uh, of emotions that that people have different from one another. And one was a kid who was being bullied by another kid because the kid behind was like laughing at him and pointing at him. And she said, one of her kids said, I think that what he's trying to say, the kid who was pointing and laughing is somebody has done this to me and I don't know how to change it when I want to have a conversation with someone Mm. else. How amazing is that? Wow. That's that's amazing, isn't it? But that's the... What we did for that little boy in this school was give him a different way to look, look through a different lens. And he can't do that if we don't do that, which is why the meaning maker part is so profound. Mm -hmm. One of the last pieces to really hold on to in all of this is we often get very discouraged as parents, adults, educators, whatever it is that, uh, whatever role we play in our children's lives, that this whole thing called the human experience is going off the rails. And this is just one of those examples of how quickly children are able to heal when we decide that we want to give them a different message. And so when Mm -hmm. Latoya was talking about meaning makers It is deep and it is important that we give them the meaning that says, you've got this and we're going to learn alongside you and help you be the best healthy human being that you have the capacity to be. If we teach this to our children, they grow up with a whole lot less baggage and then our job is about building them from there instead of what we feel right now is we've dismantled them and Mm -hmm. now we have to put them back together. But what if we didn't dismantle them? What if instead we were healthy enough to say, we're going to give you the foundation required to be the worthy human being that you were born in this world to be? That is my mission. And I think we share that with many, many people around this globe. That's the international belief of us as human beings. We want our kids to be safe. We want them to grow up as worthy, loved human beings. So what a message to unite around. And like Dr. Bailey said, we really look forward to connecting with Laura again to hear more about the amazing work she's doing in that corner of the world. And if you're wondering what tools Laura used to create this, they are actually available on the website as resources for you as well, which is the I Love Your Rituals. So key that into the search bar and you'll find those as and also the Baby Doll Circle Time, which is a whole curriculum 
to walk you through how you begin that uh, with whatever group you're working with. It is important to note that baby doll circle time isn't isn't just used in orphanages. Uh, That was the focus for this one, but this is used in early childhood and elementary school classrooms around um, this country and other countries, as well as for some of our children who are learning how to uh, be parents themselves. So lots and lots of ways to bring this baby doll circle time into your experience. Because remember, Lara first used this with the adults that were going to be bringing this to the children. So lots of opportunities for that. And that brings us to our listener question. Ashley from Missouri asks, what do I do if a child does not want to do I love you rituals with me? Ah, that is a multifaceted question, isn't it? So if this is in a classroom, uh, one of the things that can happen is we don't want connection with somebody that we don't feel completely safe with. So sometimes it's a matter of continuing to build that safety with a child before you have that experience. And as you're building that, small ways of making those connections. So an I love you ritual may be a little bit too intense to start with, but just that quick little eye contact with a child in a playful way, joining them. Remember that we start where they are and then we move to a deeper sense of community. So this is, and Dr. Bailey talks a lot about this in the infant toddler uh, programs of serve and return. Uh, So that idea of I start where the child is, we enjoy that together, and then I can bring something in that they can enjoy that I initiated. So it's that back and forth serve. So sometimes we think of it as something formal when really it's very spontaneous. And then as they get a little bit more comfortable with that, you can introduce things that are a little bit more uh, uh, programmed like the I love you rituals where now we're doing something that we can count on every day to have this little interaction together that is fun for us. But build the fun in those very tiny little small ways that are very organic with that child. I also want to think about, I thought about uh, Yvonne as soon as I read this uh, question. She was uh, sharing how she tried and tried and tried to do I Love You rituals with her child, and he just wasn't having it. And I believe he was more like seven at the time. So, you know, he was like, I'm not doing that. And what she did was she developed something with him that was just a little goodbye um, hand hand movement. And, and it was more, again, it was more of his liking, his way of making the connection. So sometimes we uh, we miss the fact that our kids are wanting to have that connection with us. They just want to have it more on their terms. So start with what they enjoy. It's the eye contact and the love that is shown through your eyes and the playfulness that comes with that. If you do those two things, you've just nailed an I love you ritual. And now it's time for us to bring our celebrations and our wish wells. Now, last year, we celebrated having the biggest conscious discipline event ever when we had our Elevate conference. And it's coming back again. And our speakers have been announced. If you decide to join us, which we hope you do, you'll have the opportunity to see Dr. Becky Bailey live and in person, along with 
Jenny Luther, and Principal Tanyelle Hanna. And I'm sure you remember her from one of our recent episodes where we talked about how you can turn your community into your village to give supports to all of those scholars who are at your schools. And guess what else, y'all? Amy and I will be there. Yes, yes, yes. We made the cut this year. (laughs) So please come and see us so that we can see you up close and in person. Um, We are really excited to be together again and Mm -hmm. to be together with all of you. When it comes to our wish wills, we are definitely wishing well those of you who are finishing up your spring break and those who are about to be off on vacation. And we have a special little wish that all of our teachers out there listening are going to have a wonderful opportunity to rest up and to have a little bit of fun. So until we see you again, please know that we are here thinking about you. And as always, from our heart to yours, we wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers featuring Latoria Marcellus and Amy Spidell, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app.